Today, we're going to take another look at transfer portal possibilities for the Florida Gators, and we'll wrap up by previewing the Florida Gators versus Auburn Tigers women's basketball game that happens tonight at 5 p.m. Eastern time, only here on Locked On Gators. You are Locked On Gators, your daily podcast on the Florida Gators. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello and welcome back to another episode of Lockdown Gators, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. Thanks for making Lockdown Gators your first listen of the day. We are available daily and free wherever you listen to the podcast. Today's episode is brought to you by NetSuite. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your business. Use netsuite.com slash locked for special new year pricing. Happy Thursday. I am Brandon Olson. You can find me on Twitter at WNS underscore Brandon. I'm also the founder of WholeOnSports.com where you can find all my written work. I'm getting right into this one. I'm going to tell you right now that the names that you're going to hear today, there are four, uh, five, five. There are five transfer portal names that we are going to talk about. Two in the first segment, three in the second. Um, and the reasoning for that is I really want to talk about these first two because I'm a big fan of both of them and they both just went into the portal at this point, a couple hours ago, um, for you guys listening, it was yesterday, of course. Um, but yeah, I, I'm very excited for both of them. I'm a big fan of both of them. I don't know if Florida will pursue them, but if I were Billy Napier, I would. And that's kind of how I'm looking at this for four of the five names. One of them we know Florida is pursuing and they are favored to get because that one is Osiris Torres, who Torres, who um, you guys all know about. Gators fans know about. We've been hearing about him since he entered the portal. He's someone who's likely coming to Florida to be with Billy Napier again. And I mean, yeah, we'll, we'll get into the talk with Osiris Horns later. But the first name I'm talking about is someone who I am a massive, massive fan of. Um, that will be Drew Sanders, a linebacker edge that uh, that just entered the transfer portal out of Alabama. And I'll tell you now, Jaleel Billingsley, the other, is the other one in this first segment, who's also out of Alabama. Um, uh, shockingly, Alabama players that hit the portal are really good. I'm I'm so stunned. Um, but no, I'm a big fan of Drew Sanders, and I have been for a little bit. He's a five-star recruit out of Texas in 2020. He is right now, like, I, I, the expectation is that he'll go to Texas. I feel like that's people just been like, oh, he's going to go home and to the school he would have gone to if he didn't go to Alabama. Uh, but, but times change. Things change, you know? So I, I, I'm not just... I'm not just rolling over here and being like, oh, well, have fun in Texas. No, if I'm Billy Napier, I'm going after Drew Sanders. Like, I'm going after him easily. You can watch even the Florida versus Alabama game from earlier this year in week three. Drew Sanders made some plays. He dealt with injury for a while, by the way. That, that That was when Will Anderson really broke out, and that's likely why Drew Sanders is entering the transfer portal because uh, Drew Sanders got injured. Will Anderson kind of took his spot and rotated into his lineup, and then that is when uh, that that is when Will Anderson blew up and Drew Sanders didn't really play too much after that had had a little bit of trouble working into the rotation so that that was incredibly unfortunate um, but no I, I'm a big fan of his I like what he can do you can watch the Florida game in week three like I was talking about before I threw myself off track um, he blew up a Kamori Gamble play like they uh, ran a screen to Kamori Gamble and Drew Sanders killed it Drew Sanders came right up. And tackle Kamori Gamble, which, by the way, Kamori Gamble. Wow, like we're I I had Jaleel Billingsley on this list before that, but Kamori Gamble entering the transfer portal to me, I think, really sucks, and it was really surprising because I'm a big fan of Kamori's. Um, 
I, I, I hate that he's leaving because, um, like I said, like I'm a big fan. I thought he was either going to the NFL draft or coming back to Gainesville. It it sucks that he's entering the transfer portal, but wishing absolutely nothing but the best for him. Big fan of his. But uh, back to Drew Sanders, he blew up a Kamori Gamble screen. He made plays in the run game. He's not an, he's not an elite pass rusher. I think that's why he struggled to get back into the lineup because once Will Anderson took over his spot, I feel like Nick Saban was kind of like, why weren't we getting this production before out of this edge spot? Um, which I I get, but at the same time, like Will Anderson is a freak. Drew Sanders is still very he's still very young. This was just his second year out of high school. So he's still got at least one more year. I, I'd imagine that he stays for two uh, wherever he transfers to. And Florida's got openings on the edge. And I think Drew Sanders is actually a really good fit in this Patrick Tony scheme because you look at, uh, what was it, last week when I broke down the defensive scheme? It was, you know, creepers, sim pressure, where you've got edge rushers who they look like they're going to be your rushers, and they drop back into coverage. And I think getting a guy like Drew Sanders, who's, I feel, kind of capable of playing off ball, kind of capable of playing on the edge, I, I think that's a really great fit for him there. So I, I think Drew Sanders actually does fit into this Patrick Tony scheme. He's smart enough to operate in a Nick Saban defense. So obviously he will be able to pick up the intricacies of this defense and he'll be able to pick up the scheme and his role. So I, I really like it. I think that'd be a good fit. I don't know if Florida will pursue him because again, at the time of recording this, he's only been in the portal for a few hours. So who knows? But I mean, also checking up on his injury status because he barely played in the second half of the season due to those injuries. And it's like, I don't know if he was dealing with them also and like maybe that maybe that's why he didn't play that much because he was still dealing with injuries or if he was just completely out of the rotation and fell out of favor or what but i think it, i think if you're billy napier you got to give him a call there next we've got jaleel billingsley who i've mentioned already and i feel like i've spoken about him quite a lot this season um you know when i talk about the Kyrie elam play and all that all that fun stuff um but you know jaleel billingsley is an alabama tight end that was in the doghouse, pretty much at the start of the year. Like, we all knew it. Nick Saban had said that he was getting some kind of pen, uh, punishment or penalized for it. Um, he was in the doghouse to start the year, and he was benched to start the year and did not really play. And then the Florida game, he got to play because, of course, why not? And uh, he, he's an uber-athletic tight end. He, he is an insanely athletic tight end. He returned kicks at Alabama. And it's like, he's a tight end, and he is I, – I think he's a bit of – I don't want to say, I'm going to say unicorn. Um, as much as I don't want to say unicorn, so I feel like people are like, oh, Kyle Pitts. Jaleel Billingsley is a bit of a unicorn because he returned kicks as a tight end and people just go, wow, he is such a glorified wide receiver, which is the same thing I said about Kyle Pitts and same thing I said about no offense and no offense. And guess what? No offense played a lot of his snaps in line tight end. Kyle Pitts. Didn't play as many snaps as an inline tight end, but still played snaps as an inline tight end. Jaleel Billingsley played the huge majority of his snaps as an inline tight end, despite the fact that he was athletic enough to return kicks and athletic enough to line up outside, out wide, and athletic enough to line up in the slot. And with the news of Kimori Gamble entering the transfer portal, I, I think you've got to kick the tires on Jaleel Billingsley here. You know, I, I get it. You've got Keon Zipper. You've got Nick Elkson. So you've got these young tight ends on your roster. And it's like, well, why would we get in? An, why would we bring another one? And it's like, because you know what? This is a talent acquisition 
business, Billy Napier. You said it yourself. Go acquire some talent. You got to at least try to do it with Jaleel Billingsley. The untapped potential with Jaleel Billingsley and Drew Sanders, I feel like it's it's just too much to pass up. He's a mismatched nightmare. He's a better blocker than he gets credit for. He's a legitimate X-factor type of tight end. And I, I think that Billy Napier is smart enough to do it. I, I think that they will at least at, at least reach out and see what they can do because I think Jaleel Billingsley is someone that you just you cannot overlook, especially with Kimori Gamble entering the transfer portal. It's just it it just makes too much sense to do it. This is it. The putt to win the tournament. If you sink it, the championship is yours. But on your backswing, a hat falls right over your eyes. Is this how you're running your business? Poor visibility, like, oh my God, because you're on spreadsheets and outdated finance software? Ugh, boomers, disgusting. To see the full picture, you need to upgrade to netsuite.com by Oracle. NetSuite is the number one cloud financial system to power your growth. With NetSuite, you can automate your processes and close your books in no time while staying well ahead of your competition. Over 28,000 businesses already use NetSuite. For the new year, NetSuite has a new financing program for those that are ready to upgrade at netsuite.com slash locked. Head to netsuite.com slash locked for this special one-of-a-kind financing offer on the number one financial system for growing businesses, netsuite.com slash locked. That is L-O-C-K-E-D. For Transfer Portal Part 2, we're going to take a look at Osiris Torrance first. I know Florida Gators fans, I, I know you're excited for him. I see, I see the celebrated. I see y'all talking about him. I see you excited for him. And it seems like we're just like, not a matter of if he's going to come to Gainesville, but a matter of when he's going to come to Gainesville. Florida is obviously the heavy favorite. He's a very good right guard that was with Billy Napier at Louisiana. He went to Louisiana as a three-star interior offensive lineman with Billy Napier as a head coach and Rob Sale as the offensive coordinator. And as you know, Billy Napier is currently the head coach of the Florida Gators. And as of two days ago, Rob Sale, the offensive coordinator of the Florida Gators. So he can get right back to it, and he can finish his college career the way he started, except at a much higher level. And Osiris Torrance had a dominant year this year, without a doubt. An absolutely dominant year, specifically as a run blocker. But... um. I, I, I get it. We're all in the phase of ah, hype everybody up, hype everybody up. Um, Osiris Torrance is, is, is going to come back down to earth a little bit as a blocker in this coming season if he comes to Florida. And I, I don't think there's a problem with that. You know, he dominated the Sun Belt. I think he's going to come into the SEC. He can dominate, but I think it's much more likely that he's just, he, he, I was gonna say just, he's just a very good right guard. I don't think he's going to be as dominant as he was because he's going to be against SEC competition instead of the Sun Belt. And that's not really a knock, but it's kind of a knock. But watch Osiris Torrance win Louisiana versus Texas in week one this year. It, it, that was his worst game of the season by a long shot, I think. And it's like, well, that's what happens when he played Power 5 competition. So when he plays against the SEC defenses, I mean, SEC defensive lines are just ridiculous. So, he, yeah, I think he's going to struggle a little bit. At least early on, but uh, but he, he he's got the tools to become a great guard in this offense, and he's got the great and he's got the tools to become a great guard in the NFL. And I, I think that Osiris Torrance is pretty much already sold on coming to Gainesville. And like I said, I think it's a matter not of if he comes to Gainesville, but when he comes to Gainesville. And I'm gonna go ahead and I'm gonna knock on wood because uh, I I don't like the jinx things, and I just spoke in a lot of absolutes. So let me not do that. 
Uh, next person to talk about is Kobe Hudson. He's a guy that I wanted to talk about because I wanted to talk about a receiver real quick instead of just, you know, uh, tight end, edge, O-line, D-line's next. But we're going to talk about Kobe Hudson a little bit. Kobe Hudson was a wide receiver for Auburn this past year. He was a high school quarterback that moved to receiver. And in 2021, he became not just the best receiver on this t- on that Auburn team, he became the most reliable receiver and the biggest play th- or the biggest big play threat on that offense. He got kicked off the team reportedly. And I say reportedly because everything's been taken down that says he got kicked off the team, except for, I mean, except for the screenshots of him saying, I got kicked off the Auburn team. I never wanted to leave. Um, so there's that, but we don't know what it was for exactly. So I'm not going to cast judgment on anything yet. He's raw in terms of consistency. Um, you know, route running, not ideal. Uh, catching, not ideal. But again, we're looking at a guy who just a couple of years ago was a quarterback. You can't expect people to pick up a new position like that. That's not how it works. So Kobe Hudson, a quarterback converting to wide receiver. I know a lot of you guys want to see a certain quarterback on this roster convert to wide receiver, um, but he won't, just, just so you know. But he's Kobe Hudson is going to continue to improve as a wide receiver, and he is explosive with the ball in his hands. He's a very dynamic playmaker, and I know you guys don't like him, but I'm going to say it. Jacob Copeland was supposed to be that guy this year. I think he was when he got the ball in his hands and he got the opportunity to do it, but Florida right now on roster doesn't really have that guy. Like Marcus Burke is who I think of when I think of the most explosive receiver on this team. But even then, I don't think of him as this shifty guy with the ball in his hands. I think of him more as just a deep threat. I don't think we really have that guy who's going to catch it short, make men miss, and make plays. I think we have Xavier Henderson and Justin Shorter who are going to catch it short and maybe run through defenders a little bit, which I have no problem with. But I I think Kobe Hudson could be that next piece where it's like, all right, we've got someone who's going to catch the ball. He's going to make him a miss. He's going to make plays in space, and he's going to do that because Florida's been looking for that dynamic yak guy. I mean, I I get it. It wasn't long ago. But since Kadarius Tony left, we haven't really had someone that's going to step up like that. You know, we talk a lot about how coaching was this past year and how scheme was this past year. But when you look at the receiver talent, there weren't a lot of guys that could create the big plays for themselves. And that's one of the reasons that Florida was so deadly in 2020 was because they had receivers that they would catch the ball and they would make plays. Kyle Pitts and Kadarius Tony would make just huge gains where it seems like this past season. And I, I, I mean, no disrespect to him by saying this, but it seems like this past season, the most dynamic player after the catch was Kimori Gamble. And he's thought of as more of a traditional tight end type as more of a blocker. He shouldn't be the one that's making men miss after the catch. They were really missing that for the huge majority of this season. And the last player to talk about in the transfer portal is Jackson Player, which is annoying to say the last player to talk about is Jackson Player. But Jackson Player is a defensive lineman out of Tulsa. He's been there for four years, so he's going to be a grad transfer Um, He he played over 500 snaps in each of the past two seasons. The two seasons before that, he played about a combined 500 snaps. I think it was like 315 and like 150 or something like that. So it was in that range-ish. But Jackson Player is this guy where he's a defensive lineman. Florida right now, when you look at who we have, it it, it seems like Javon Dexter's, I want to say like written in Sharpie as as a starting defensive lineman on this team, which is awesome. You know, Javon Dexter... Huge player, huge big time player, 
but he's more of a pass rusher than anything else. And he's still got things to work on. He's, he's disruptive, but he's still got technique to work on to be, to take that next step. But he's more of a pass rusher than a run stopper himself. And, you know, we were losing Antonio Valentino and Daquan Newkirk are gone. And then you've got, you know, question marks like Jalen Lee when he steps up. Can he be the consistent player? Desmond Watson, when he steps up, can he be a consistent player in terms of seeing significantly more snaps? Can they play better? Can they do it consistently? Jackson Player is someone who he's kind of shown he can do it consistently. It's just been at a lower level. But at the same time, we're very excited for Osiris Torrance. So I'm going to be very excited for Jackson Player, too. I want Florida to take, to take a shot at this kid and see what happens. And he's he's not a one-trick pony. You know, he had 36 pressures this year, which isn't amazing, but it was on just 265 snaps. He was generating a pressure every seven and a half snaps, a little bit less than seven and a half snaps per every like so. I'm like, what? Why wouldn't you want that guy? He's uh, he's big enough, strong enough, and stout enough against the run to be your zero tech, especially in this defense where you're likely gonna need someone that can do that because you've got two edge defenders that are likely going to be more focused on the pass. You've got Javon Dexter, who's going to be more focused on the pass. So you add in Jackson player has that nose tackle. And I mean, Hey, I'm, I'm not going to complain if we get a big dude here, that can make plays in the run and, and passing game. So Jackson player is a name that I definitely want to see Florida take a swing at and just, just see what happens. You know, I think he's good enough where he's going to be able to eat up blocks and allow one-on-ones with Javon Dexter and a guard with the edge rushers and the tackles. And I think that, Having a big nose tackle gives us that. That's one of the reasons TJ Slayton was so good was because he gave us that opportunity when he was with Gain- when he was with the Gators in Gainesville. Hey Gators fans, I'm here with an incredible app everyone who buys gas needs to know about. It's called Get Upside. My listeners are making up to 25 cents for every gallon of gas every time they fill up. Just download the Get Upside app in the App Store or Google Play right now. Use promo code SCORE. That's S-C-O-R-E to get a bonus 25 cents per gallon on your first fill-up. So that's up to 50 cents cash back per gallon on your first fill-up. And I mean, I don't want to tell you what to do with your money, but I've always liked the phrase, you know, I won't tell you what to do with your money, but if your money ain't making you more money, then you're dumber than a dummy. And I will stick with that one. And that's from the office. Yeah, it's Joe Bennett. Yay. Um, But I will say, you know, wait till you really got to fill that thing up. And then maximize your earnings right there. Maximize your potential and your return on your investment and all those fun terms. The cashback gets added right to your account. You can cash it out with your bank account, PayPal, an e-gift card to Amazon and other brands. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code SCORE to get up to 50 cents per gallon cashback on your first tank. Anybody else make money this weekend? I know I did. I'm I'm not going to lie to you right now. I'm on I'm on a bit of a heater. I'm not gonna lie to you. I'm, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna tell you that right now. I'm on a bit of a heater. Obviously, Florida, not doing great for me. Um, they actually cost me a parlay the other day, so I'm really upset with them for that. Uh, it was the Auburn game. I was pissed about it, but we move on. <laughs> but Bet Online even covers award shows, TV shows, and reality TV with real time updated odds and props on almost anything. You can imagine it is the best way to place your bets, and it's 100% free to sign up. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. Make sure to use promo code LOCKED ON, that is L O C K E D, no space, O N, for your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit on Bet Online. 
Now we're going to take a look at Florida Gators versus Auburn Tigers women's basketball game that is happening tonight at 5 p.m. So sorry if you're listening to this episode late and you don't, and then, you know, then it's just a, I don't even know what it would be called at that point because the game's already happening. It, it's whatever. That's what we're going to call it. The 11 and 5 Florida Gators are taking on the 8 and 6 Auburn Tigers, and the 8 and 6 Auburn Tigers are currently on a three game losing streak. All three were SEC play. Florida Gators are 1-2 in conference play, and Auburn is 0-3 in conference play. So not a great combined record for these teams in the SEC, but hey, at least Florida has a win. Luckily for Florida, this game is in Gainesville because I, I know you guys, or I know that you guys know I hate woof, when I just, you know, write things off as absolutes like I've already mentioned in this episode. Um, and I especially don't like to say a game's a gimme or anything like that. I don't think this game is a gimme. But I think it makes it a lot easier that this game is in Gainesville because Auburn has been stellar at home. They've been six and two at, at home, and that's just that's that's fantastic. Two and four on the road is very good for Florida because hey, Auburn's gonna be on the road. So luckily they are out of their element for this game. And I'm letting you know now, expect a low scoring game just because that that's how it's shaping up to be. Auburn has a great defense. And an all right offense. I think one bright spot in this game is that Florida has given